Welcome to our third year anniversary of the Last King podcast. Three fucking years, huh? Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Last King podcast. Uh, three years, yes, that's two hundred fifty-six times three. Quick maths, anybody? That's too much for my brain. <laughs> and of course, that's speaking. too little. We gotta do more of this, actually. <laughs> too so little. Like Sweet yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, everybody! It's the Last King podcast, celebrating three years, doing this uh, almost nonstop, and uh, wow, we're still doing this. Yeah. Remember that running joke where we used to say we we're always gonna get cancelled? Never gonna happen. Yeah, well, I mean, not without you trying at least. You should try. You should try harder to get cancelled. Yeah, harder to get cancelled. <laughs> and who are we, by the way, boys? This is Mr. Toffee here. This is Eccentric Tom. <laughs> this is, of course, uh, Shafiq. Yeah, Shafiq. <laughs> yeah, there you I go. I thought it have always been Dr. Shafiq, though. What happened to the Dr. Monica? I dropped it ever since I got he, bored with MCU movies. He lost his <laughs> medical license. I lost back. my medical license. Apparently, nah, you can't just photocopy a degree. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you of actually course. need to know what you're doing, huh? Anyway, speaking of femur, uh, it's going to be a special episode of Last Game Podcast where we uh, totally ignore the usual trappings of uh, the episode syllabus where we don't talk about movies, video games, and television, and anything of that matter because, you know what, every once in a while we just want to talk about stuff that isn't SEO friendly at all. Yeah, and so we have something a- that we want to just say something about stuff yeah yeah, and, just, yeah, you, know, yeah. you want to say you want to talk about stuff because there may never be a chance to me even do this again yeah, it's our own next following year or we so. should be able to talk yeah. about everyone and exactly. of course uh you know what because nothing's coming out so we have no choice <laughs> yeah i mean it's this I mean, will talk about lion king and i'd rather not uh, yeah yeah we could also not, talk about comic con on netflix already dude yeah it's on netflix already i mean yeah the lion king's on netflix for now know, so. until disney plus launches Really? Which is going to be quite a while though, yeah. That was a quick turnaround. How come I made it to Netflix so quickly? Is it no not idea. doing well? No, he's talking about the 94 version. Oh, are we we're it's ignoring exactly that It's exactly the same movie. Yeah, that's yes. true. Okay, yeah, we're not going to talk about Lion King. Nobody cares. Come no. On. You know, I mean, what's the next one? Uh, Little Mermaid, I think. They announced it already? Yeah, they've cast it. Oh, okay. Who's going to play the mermaid? Uh, it's uh, Halle something. Very? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's another. It's a different Halley. It's a different Halley. Yeah, like I think, I think she's her. a musician. Um, well, you would have seen some very angry white people on Twitter. Why? Because she's black. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why they make her black? Because why not? But she's a Danish folklore. Yeah. And what's the point? <laughs> because why not? Yeah, it's like a change for the sake of change. I, I don't know, but anyway, they're they actually... doing something different from the movie that they already made. Yeah, but it's gonna be a basic retread. If even we've if seen the Lion King, even if it's just yeah. literally skin deep, whatever. At least they're pretending to try and do something different. Nah, they can't get away with this for too long because it's, yeah, this is really getting under my skin. In the end, that could be a different. Because kind of tale, if but... your only like avenue to adapt anything is to just change the nationality or the the gender or the race of somebody, like. No, no, no. Adapt. Come on. Do something yeah, it, it, with the story. That's not an adaptation. That's a palette swap. You know, if you're <laughs> just gonna redo the same shit, it's like... But then again, you know, Disney fans be Disney fans. Yeah, people be chilling. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to give it a 5 or a 6. What would you give the original? Uh, The original what? Little Mermaid? Yeah. The 6. 6? I mean, I didn't like it all that much. It was fine, but... Because you're a boy. And you're like, no, <laughs> I just thought the plot wasn't super interesting. Aladdin, I loved. Lion King, I was okay on. 
well, they did change elements. Would you have preferred it if they did kill her off at the end? Oh, well, if you turn the sea foam? Yeah, yeah, that would have been a pretty cool ending. That would have been interesting. And speaking yeah. of beautiful sea foam, uh, eccentric Tom, tell us about one thing you want to talk about. Wow, that was a Don't talk about sea foam, please. Segue. But hey, shit, we're running with it. So, because we've set ourselves the rule of not talking about video games or TV yes, shows. Yes, everybody picks movies, a special topic. I chose to talk about uh, Sri Lanka, which is like probably as far removed as you possibly can. And I chose to talk about it for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is that about two weeks ago, I got married there. And also your family colonized some land there too, apparently. Uh, kind of. <laughs> kind of. But also just because, you know, uh, everyone uh, heard about the shit that happened on uh, Easter Sunday over there. You were there right when it I happened? I wasn't there. No, no. no. Uh, thankfully, right. no one I know was anywhere nearby the blast, but it still is affecting country to this day. When we arrived, um, uh, my wife and I, the first thing that the driver told us was that, you know, they've just, it's been super slow. Like, it's low season right now, but even then, it's just almost no tourists. And then when we took the driver down to the hotel we were staying, he said we were the first customers he'd had in two months. Wow, two months, jeez. Yeah, and like the hotel that my parents co-own, they've had... Very little occupancy, a lot of cancellations in the last couple of months. Yeah, you know, you know, terrorist I don't blame them do considering the terrorist scare and everything. But then again, also, if you all recall, especially you of my uh, demographic, uh, people my age, uh, remember the Bali, bu- the, the Bali, the Bali bomb blast? Yeah, that was what two thousand and seven. I went there straight away because flights were so cheap. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I went straight. There. Hey, it's but true. That only lasted about like a month or so, right? Before everyone all came back. Why? Well, right? yeah, because Aussies need to go get drunk somewhere. Yeah. yeah. But that the, too. <laughs> look, the truth is that it's always safest directly after a terrorist attack. And it's very much the case. And also, you know, this is... It was more of like a weird one-off thing that happened there. Not, you know, a rule. Because of course. I've been to Sri Lanka now seven times. Uh-huh. Because I bloody love it. For many reasons. Okay. Uh, All right. Tell us one of them. Yes. I'll tell you many, sir. <laughs> okay. But maybe let's set some precedents. I mean, you did start off with the whole... Uh, the explosion so uh, maybe for those of you who are not very aware of what's going on in the world around us yeah so um sri lanka like most other places uh used to be a colonial subject of the british because you know of course yeah <laughs> just like singapore yeah got its independence in 48 i think two before years or after india after uh i think uh, there was like some uh, like sim- uh, similar like uh, uh, what's the word for it when you're parallel thinking mm-hmm. going on yeah, right. and it was mostly okay apart from like the ooh, 26 year civil war between uh, the two ethnic groups there mm-hmm. because the majority Sinhala were refusing to recognize Tamil as an official language or a people group and they brutally destroyed many artifacts uh, because it was a Hindu versus Buddhist and that was a whole thing and pretty much like Ireland but with better food kinda yeah <laughs> actually that's a very apt description <laughs> Also better bombs because they developed uh, <laughs> <laughs> they developed wow. airstrikes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am slightly sympathetic to the cause of uh, the Tamils. Okay. Uh, because they were definitely facing some kind of, you know, erasure of their culture, which is genocide by, you know, mm-hmm. the official terms. Also, my wife is Tamil, so, you know, maybe a little bit of... You're picking sides. Huh? A little bit. But, hey, shit. You know, I don't like uh, people's histories being erased, regardless of, you know, what the origin is. Yeah, true. 
but that all ended in 2007, and since then the country has been extremely safe. Okay. I mean, like you know, there are dangerous areas, like there are everywhere, but for the most part, it is an extremely safe place to go. Even for like petty crime shit, like I've never felt in danger of being robbed or being swindled out of money or being like yeah, trying to pull a fast one on me, like happened a lot in, for example, Cambodia. Oh yeah, some parts of Asia are still very. Yeah, that world. happens in Cambodia. Yes. Yeah, especially also parts of Malaysia. If yeah. you think about yeah, Malaysia, it. Cambodia, Vietnam, in the sense too. Yeah. Oh yeah, and if you if you don't know what to ask for or what to look for, and if you're just going to a tourist trap areas, you're gonna be ripped the fuck off. True that, but then yeah. again, you can. That one's it. most countries' issues as well too. Yeah, yeah. So tourist I mean, that's it's definitely less of that in Sri Lanka, which is something that I greatly appreciate. Okay. It's just that I don't know, maybe it's the Theravada Buddhism, which is kind of like, well, we just let shit lie, kind of thing. But it just it's a very welcoming atmosphere which helps because the country itself is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, can I imagine? Uh, I mean yeah, yeah. you have to you have to show us the wedding photos, sir. Well I will eventually. Like the photographer said he's gonna take about two or three months to finish like putting the album together, so why would it take two or three months? I could knock that out in two or three weeks. Yeah, possibly, but I yeah. think you're just getting ripped off again, right? Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, no, they're, 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 they're good guys. They're getting, he like, sends it to you on a CD with a photo slideshow. <laughs> no, we're, we're getting the, the DVD in a couple of weeks' a time. A DVD? <laughs> a digital DVD. I mean, you could put it online or something, right? Is it going to, like, well, Dropbox well, it or something? No, we're going to send, like, the low-quality stuff uh, mm-hmm. when we get it. To the then, lesser relatives. Yeah, and then the high-quality <laughs> shit we're going to keep for ourselves and for, like, Chris relatives. And you're gonna, of course, of course. You should upload it to, like, Vimeo or something. Fuck no. <laughs> Why not? Share it with the world, sirs. Maybe all of all our followers want to see your moment of happiness. You can look at my Facebook profile picture. <laughs> yes, that's his actual face, guys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lasking fans, he really looks like that. Yeah, it's the white one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there was any confusion. Yeah. You know what? I'm still trying to... So yeah, tell us, uh, tell us more about like the vistas and the hotspots in Sri Ooh, Lanka. Shit, like if you're I mean... a new person, you know. What Coming do you down. want? I mean, do you want beaches down in yeah, the south? Yeah, beaches. There Let's go beaches. Absolutely yeah, yeah. beautiful golden beaches. Okay. When I, where I went just recently, it was July, so it's just before monsoon, so it's very windy, but it's still gorgeous. Absolutely wonderful. It's, but is it like very touristy or is it... It's starting to get fairly touristy. Now it's quite quiet because, you know, okay. should that happen? But, I mean, it's it's not overcrowded. Mm. Like, there's definitely lots and lots of hotels, but because there's so many and you have your pick of the bunch, you never feel like you are, you know wrestling for space with other people maybe as a frame of reference for our listeners what would you compare it to would it be something like the Gold Coast where it's constantly crowded but there's still enough space for everybody or would it be something like maybe Venice Beach LA where it's always crowded and it's just full of weird people it's less than <laughs> and fun fairs I would say yeah. it's less than uh, Gold Coast I would say it's equivalent to uh, like the smaller Thai islands like uh, Krabi Oh, like Fifi oh Thailand, yeah, Thailand. Mm, okay. places where like it's not super touristy because they all go to Phuket. So it's like those smaller ones we can like have some breathing space. Oh god, yeah. I mean, uh, man, Australians ruined Koh Samui and Koh Phangan for me already. Yeah, basically, Australians oh. are like distilled English people. <laughs> <laughs> like they super piss off everyone around them. Eh, well, true that. Uh, but no, I have some Australian friends. I don't mean you guys. No, wait. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you, you guys, get out of here. Yeah, I have Australian <laughs> friends too. Yeah, I mean you in particular. <laughs> That one. <laughs> yes, you, Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't like beaches, uh, in the middle you have these wonderful mountains where you have tea. So much tea. So much tea, and you're English. Yes, it's I like crack it. to you. One of the highlights <laughs> of the first trip I went was to go up to the seat of Mr. Lipton. Of what? Lipton tea. Oh, okay. Like, was, the seat. Like it's called Lipton the seat because it's like a peak and there's like a little like pagoda where he would sit and overlook his tea plantation. Literally. Yeah. Mm. Like the king of tea. Pretty much, yeah. 
Wow. Lipton yeah. And then you'd go into like, yeah, and they keep like the old machinery from when they had to dry tea, like in the olden days. I'm imagining that scene in like Far Cry 4, I think, where Kinda. Just, it's like that pagoda with a chair. Oh, it's very quick, especially because <laughs> I had to go early morning and like there's still like the mist slowly rising up to the mountains. Ooh. And oh my god, it's beautiful. And if you're like me, a history nerd, uh-huh. there's some amazing shit. Like uh, there's a place called Sigiria. Okay. Which yeah, is basically, tell us more. What it's just a huge uh, mesa in the middle of the mountain region and there used to be a big palace fortress on top oh and is it wh- still there or is it just rubble or? Uh, there's still some stuff there but there used to be this huge lion head which you'd have to walk through to get up into the city itself like the Aladdin yeah the lion head's gone but you can still see the paws and it's fucking huge mm. it's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing and the views are just like miles and miles and miles around or if you want wildlife uh, if you go down towards Yala there's a national park there and you can see cheetahs um, elephants crocodiles you know your standard South Asian affair so many elephants so many elephants and so many elephants <laughs> like that actually a real hazard yeah Sri Lanka birds. elephants aren't they yeah kind of different than the Asian ones in a little bit in a way or uh, well, I mean there's the, the Indian Asian. elephant and the African elephant those are the two main like yeah I mean they, it's kind of the same family I think they might be slightly smaller but I mean you know, in comparative inches, like they're still pretty fucking big if you can't. <laughs> yeah, close. they are. St- they still trample the sh- crap out. Yeah, of I mean the largest one is the African one, right? With yeah. the bigger Africa's ears. Africa's the right? largest. Yeah, Africa's yeah. the largest. If I'm not mistaken, but it's the Indian elephant that has like more tusks or something. Like that. I'm not quite sure. Like their tusks are more available because they're denser. I think so. Yeah. Something to do with also, that. Also, you can uh, tame uh, Indian elephants. You can't tame African elephants because they never forget. <laughs> yeah but I'll also they're, they're a bit too big yeah. so like do what I say no fuck you <laughs> wait did you get the right the elephants and everything like Indiana no, Jones no because it's uh, very cruel because they actually have very weak backs and if you like Aww. yeah no it's it's a very cruel thing to do never ride an elephant oh I used to ride elephants so the Thai in the industry Singapore has show. been doing cruelty to elephants for decades I'm guessing really? uh, with the whole elephant riding thing Uh, well yeah but look Look, most places where you get interacted with wild animals in Asia, you're participating in some kind of animal cruelty. Yeah, like the SPCA? Well, yeah, but also like... <laughs> yeah. But like in Thailand, if you go to take a picture with those tigers, like they're sedated to all fuck. And yeah. they're probably declawed. So yeah, that's... Okay, um, that, that says way too much. That yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've taken pictures with pythons and they don't look sedated at all. Oh, they were very curious about me. <laughs> pythons are lazy fucks. Pythons are, can be kind of trained and young anyway. The albino one, the Burmese one, they can be trained. Yeah. yeah. Also, pythons aren't poisonous. So like, as long as you don't let them give you a hug, you're fine. Well, that's true. Yeah. Just keep right. them fed. Yeah, it's cobras you have to fed. stand way back. Mm-hmm. Which one? Cobras. Oh, cobras. Especially the spitting kinds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which exists in Singapore, I found out uh, a while ago. Yeah, that's Malaysia, a fun realization. Singapore, um, yeah, India too. Sri Lanka should have cobras too, right? It's a very Southeast Asian thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's more sea snakes in Asia than anywhere else in the world. But sea yep. snakes tend to be that's leave you true. Alone. That's true. All sea snakes are poisonous. I know, but they tend to be very shy. So true that. But then again, ugh, those beaches are so tempting. Yeah. But is it like I want to go back to the beaches for a second? Uh-huh. Is is it surfable? Oh yeah, there's a pretty big surfer community there. Okay. Like it's, I think it's more local. There's, it's not like a lot of internationals, but it's pretty good surfing. Why are we talking about waves and size? Uh, I, I mean, you don't get like the monsters that you get in Hawaii, for example, but like yeah. good, I think uh, you can get up to two, three meter high ones. Oh, that'll be fun enough. Oh yeah, no. Like, you can't go tubular, you know. No, yeah. you can't go tubular, but it's definitely enough to where it's a good technical challenge. Yeah, that's true. That because the thing is, like, I'm and I think it's more consistent than other places, like for example Hawaii, where there's some days where you shed out of luck here, 
especially in July, consistently decent enough waves to go surfing. Like for me, like I used to have this, uh, well, you know, when I was a spry younger lad, I mean, I would hit like Bali almost like once a month just to uh -huh. surf. And the thing is, I'm kind of bored of that challenge. And I, yeah. I want to find something that hasn't been tainted by tourism, but also at the same time, it would be reasonable with my skill level. Like, if you throw me in Maui, like, no way. I, I'm not going to fight Volcano Surf. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I don't, no. I don't think I'm ready for that yet, you know? That and the fact that, like, yeah, I want to survive some things once in a while. I think that's a... I think that just probably be about equivalent to maybe slightly more challenging. I don't know. I've never surfed a day in my life. Because I tried the ones the Gold Coast. And here's the thing about the Gold Coast. When they slam, they slam hard. And that's that water pushes you to the to the bottom. Yeah, into mm. the mouth of the Great White. You're like, oh, hello. <laughs> or that random nurse shark, you know, who's just really happy to see you. Yeah, He's like, oh, hi. <laughs> don't touch my kids. Why does she have an accent? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nurse shark. What's her name? Nursey. Hello. <laughs> just going to give a little nibble. Oh, 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 oh. Surfer. That means, like, apart from that... Uh, Sri Lankan food is absolutely amazing. But it's totally different from what people be accustomed to. Right? It's not Indian Indian food. No, it's it's like the curries are different kind of spicy even. Mm. It's like it, it hits you like more up front but doesn't like leave a uh, aftertaste. I think it's more turmeric based there, right? Yeah, it's very turmeric -based. heavily turmeric yeah. based. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But it, it's enough to wear like... I it mean, burns the nostrils before the tongue, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's palatable. I mean, I have a slightly higher tolerance than most uh, white people. You did marry into an Indian family. You exactly. Gotta, you got to get it up higher, sir. Oh yeah, I, it's definitely still <laughs> below par of what I need. To but it's not like you have to drink milk straight away after you no, have no, a shot no. of curry, it's, right? It's yeah. manageable. But they have stuff like uh, Kotu Prata, uh -huh. which we have mm. here. Yeah. It's fucking delicious. Okay. And yeah, just... It's like between Prata and non bread, right? Yeah, it's basically like it's just cut up Prata, so it's like noodle bread. Yeah. And then you have okay, it with okay. mutton or chicken or seafood. Oh, seafood noodle bread. amazing. Yeah, over here it's called Kirai. Roti kirai? You think so, yeah. Okay, there you go. For all you Southeast Asian listeners, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. We're all the same. Okay, we just give it different names. <laughs> also, uh, for any Singaporeans listening, best crab in the world in Sri Lanka. Oh, really? yeah, of course. Oh, for sure. Without Much doubt. better than the shit you get here. Yeah, we're not famous for crab. Yeah, like, chili crab is overrated. There, I said it. That's what the tourism board tells people. That's what the tourism people. board tells people. Yeah. None of us are actually, like, we're not the land of chili crab we're actually the land of fried rice yeah no if you want to have a proper crab go to Sri Lanka because you can get these big bastards for you white people coming to Singapore thinking that we're the best chili crab in the world no we're not no <laughs> and yes uh, the merlion no it wasn't our mythology tourism board they came out with it exactly <laughs> that's my favorite thing to do when my father visited he's, I said oh do you want to know the history of the merlion oh uh, yeah Oh, in the 70s, they wanted a mascot, so they came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, in yeah, going back to Sri Lanka, there's a place in Colombo. I mean, Colombo's a dump. Don't go visit it. But if you <laughs> okay. are there, go to a place called Ministry of Crab. It's fun. Ministry of Crab. Okay, Ministry of Crab. Okay. Best awesome. crab that's I've ever awesome, had. Dude. Just with butter, and it was absolutely delicious. Okay. Founded by that's two nice. former cricketers because, you know, it's a South Asian country. They're fucking obsessed with crit cricket. Yeah. Like, seriously, just... Anything that was colonized by England, except for Singapore and maybe parts of Malaysia. Maybe cricket didn't catch on in Malaysia, right? Uh, it did. Not, uh, it did, but a bit, mostly right? in the clubs later on still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like in did. Singapore, we have only one cricket club and there's like the same nine guys every year. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's not like in India where they're paid footballer salaries. I still don't know how that game works. And they look like footballers. <laughs> and I still don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could probably explain it to you, but I don't want to because uh, I want my sanity. Oh, wicked. Isn't that an Ewok? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, the goal of the game is to hit the Ewok <laughs> as hard as he possibly can. But, it, star, but Chewbacca's gonna block you this from yeah. your mythos yet. <laughs> Those on paddles, oh, imagine Cricket with lightsabers. Oh my amazing. god, that would be so awesome, dude. <laughs> no, my favorite thing about Cricket is that if you get hit in the nuts by Cricket Ball, you are disqualified and uh, knocked out because you blocked the wicket. Oh, so man. while you're curled over in pain, you're told to get off because you lost your point, your team of points. <laughs> Cricket, totally pointless sport. Yes. You know what I'm looking forward to? Unless with lightsabers, then it could work. Unless with lightsabers. You know what, speaking of which, EA, get on it. We need our yearly cricket game to rant about. And like, we still don't know how to play this game. <laughs> yeah. Who's this guy on the cover? <laughs> Someone very famous, apparently. In in, in India, apparently. Oh, but that'll be nice too. Okay, so, yeah, why haven't they done that? Huh? They've done football, they've done uh, American because football, I, basketball. The people who are into cricket go out and play cricket because you don't need to be, what's the word, uh... Athletically inclined. <laughs> to oh, it's like golf. Cricket. Yeah, <laughs> but, but less fit. There's a reason why. But Trump less stupid. Golf. Have you not seen curling? <laughs> okay, fine. Curling. I still can't figure out that game. Wait, you want the rock to be as close to the other rock? And how do you do that? You you sweep the ice. I huh? lived in Canada for like two and a half years. I still don't get curling at all. Still. You know what? I could make an even more efficient version of curling. We replace the brooms with hand, hair dryers. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be yeah. way more exciting? Then you can create like archways and lanes, and then you can actually use the hair dryers to like slick up some parts of the ice to fuck up the other guy's turn. Yeah, you can just like yeah, make a little runnel so that they have to go uphill and goes back down again. It'll be totally Mad Max, man. Everybody, oh, be like, yeah. what are you doing? You're ruining the game. <laughs> yeah, it's the prestigious it's game. It's more like Mario curling. Kart curling for some reason. What do you the curl? <laughs> There's something. It's called a stone, and you have a broom. Okay. Well, ah. actually, no, I think it refers to the curling of your toes as you die from boredom <laughs> watching curling. <laughs> The toes, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Sri Lanka. So yeah, Sri Lanka. Um, so what's the preferred mode of transportation in Sri Lanka? Motorcycle, definitely. Uh, no, tuk-tuk. Tuk-tuk? Oh, which tuk-tuk. is imported right. from India. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you know, they've got trains which are slightly more comfortable than the ones in India. At least because they're not, you know, packed to the brim. Okay. Uh, and yeah, they're building a road network, but because it's again South Asia, it's a bit behind on the times. Of it's completion. okay. You can call it's it a okay. third world country. We don't mind. It's <laughs> that's not fair. I think it's second world. Like there's there's some... no such thing as second world. It's third world. Then you have to be the it's f- either third world or first world. Yeah. Well, I mean, I tell you what, they are ahead of time zone. I got a packet of paracetamol there for seventeen rupees, which is twenty euro cent. Sorry, twenty uh, cents. The okay. Packet of paracetamol. Okay. And like that... the real paracetamol. Yeah, I yeah, know. Because they have free healthcare there. Or is it exchange rate? No. Okay. Free no, healthcare. 20 cents for a packet of paracetamol. Here would be, what, $10? Yeah, around there. Yeah. We don't We don't have national healthcare. Exactly. But we Technically, we do. We have Medisafe, but we just can't use that money for, you know, medical things for no. some reason. You have to use it for literally everything but actually going to see a doctor. But you can use it to remove wisdom teeth. So at least that's good. Because that shit yeah. is expensive. Yes, oh, is. yeah. No, like, as you're reeling from the pain of wisdom, too, if you reel from the pain of having to pay for the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why they fill you up with so much uh, anesthesia because you, you don't realize the bill until too late. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of pulling teeth, want to talk more about Sri Lanka? Like, why don't you give the definitive beginner's journey? Like, you start here, you go here, you see that, and these are the things you should look forward to. So, it depends on... The what Lonely Planet version. What you... Depends on what you want to see. If you want to see more historical stuff, you need to go to Anuradhapura, which is just above Colombo, uh, Jaffna, which is up in the far north where mm-hmm. the Tamils live, um, Sigiriya, Gol, and 
Oh, and Candy, which is where the Tooth of the Buddha is uh, based. Mm -hmm. I think it's meant to be the home of Theravada Buddhism. No, I mean, the thing is, you're in Singapore, we also have a Buddha tooth relic temple here. And it's like, there's one in Malaysia too. It's like, yeah, how yeah. many teeth of the Buddha have well, we preserved? Well, at least 32. <laughs> at least 32? But if you collect them all, then you can resurrect them and he shall yes. rain fire back on Earth. Wait, no. I'm thinking, so you're thinking of some... Dragon Ball. And, and bring peace <laughs> to everyone, yeah. You're making it sound like a Castlevania 2 quest for some yeah, reason. Way, you know, we collect the artifacts, all the bones of the Buddha. The ribs of Buddha. <laughs> the ribs of the Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> now you're thinking of the ancient Egyptian religion which was so badass all yeah. of them is yeah Osiris was cut up and he had to be put back together again to resurrect yeah that's how why, fucking metal is that that's why he's the best Absolutely. no wait a minute what's the name of the the, the crocodile that shoots so Sobek. 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 Sobek he's my guy <laughs> yeah, he's awesome <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a large Nile crocodile that yeah. shoots laser beams from his eyes or something like what so from the jewel on top of his head yeah sure uh, because why not because why not <laughs> comic about Sobek that actually came out this year it's, I it's pretty interesting to read there's a, a comic book about Sobek yes yes uh, just the daily life of Sobek please. the daily life of Sobek I prefer the Sobek you know what I got the title for it it's yeah. that's Sobek oh, that's God. so Sobek <laughs> that's so Sobek I and it's just him shrugging on the cover <laughs> I prefer the Sobek in a Terry Pratchett universe because he speaks with a lisp oh, yeah, yeah. Sobek yeah because he's called the teeth yes <laughs> But yeah, uh, if you want history stuff, that's that. If you want like surfing, go to the south or to the east coast. If you want to go CT, go to the center. Okay, but so, like, there's a little bit for everyone. For our younger millennial crowd, where do you go to get fucked up on like rave parties and uh, take Instagram moments? Uh, I would say Colombo has a good nightlife scene. Mm -hmm. uh, just don't go anytime there's a full moon. Because they don't what sell happens? alcohol anywhere. Really? Oh, because they all turn to werewolves. No, because of the Moon Festival. Oh, Moon Festival. See, this is why the Buddhism in Thailand is a bit better, because at least you can get fucked up on a uh, Lunar Festival. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. yep. like, Full Moon parties are the best. Yeah. Depends which beach, though. Mm. Oh, and they're pretty strict about uh, drugs as well, there. It's not death penalty, or is it? Oh, it is. Mm. Oh, yeah, like, death penalty. Like in Singapore, they have a big sign saying, you will be executed for uh, bringing drugs into the country. What's the minimum? I mean, do they have consumption or do they have possession? Like, uh, how many kilos they don't, usually? They don't, they don't As long as you have it, right? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Oh, wow. That's but you can get it. I know people who have uh, partaken, so... So, if you need to find yourself some drugs in Colombo, uh, go ahead and uh, tweet at Eccentric Town. Please <laughs> don't. Look up. Please do not. I want to be able to get back into the country. <laughs> yes, and, and to survive. Yes. Yeah. Not get persecuted. What? Okay. Anyway. Okay, yeah. Architecture, basically. You said that everywhere else except Colombo is the best, right? More or less? Well, it's like all the old stuff. Like, you've got, you know, your standard neo-colonial architecture, which is very pretty, especially down south in the Gold Fort, which is a pretty much completely preserved from when the Portuguese built it in the 17th century. And it's an original artillery fort, which is now, but it's full of uh, restaurants and shit. But it's just a really fun place to hang out. And... It's beautiful architecture. And then if you want like more like the old stuff, you have to go further up north, especially to Jaffna, Trincomalee, have like more of the old school uh, architecture over there. Okay, so there you go, uh, Last King fans. Uh, go to Sri Lanka. Go to Sri Lanka. <laughs> Please. Tom, Tom will be waiting. He will be your guide. <laughs> He'll write the tuk-tuk. 
<laughs> I can refer Actually, you, you to a guy. You didn't mention much about the denizens. I mean, the people you met. The denizens. Of the denizens. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> the friendly folks. Yeah. The friendly folks. Mm. Uh, like, how's the interaction there? Like, you can just go up to people and say hi. I mean, hi, they mostly speak that. English, right? Uh, I mean, like the people who need to speak English can. So, like anyone who's like in a line of like the service industry, like hotels or restaurants, they speak English well I enough. I mean, there is a CBD within the cities of Colombo and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean. There's enough English too, so that you can get make your way around town. But yeah, everyone's very friendly. Um, most people just want to like try and help and not rip you off in some way, unless you go to the oh, seedy wow. areas. But then again, you know, just like everywhere else, ex- exercise common sense. Like if the guy looks like he wants to steal something from you, he probably does. Okay. So uh, on that note, let's talk about the seedy areas. What can we find in the deep dark denizens? <laughs> Sri Lanka. I would not know because I'm a good Christian boy. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. You can tell us after the show then. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you can stay tuned next week for, or no, later for uh, Last King After Hours. <laughs> Cue saxophone music. Wait, 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 wait. Got another question. Um, huh? Flight tickets and you know getting a bookings and everything. Yeah, from wise, America yeah. for all American listeners. Oh, from America that would be extremely expensive. Armenalega. Like couple of thousand probably there you go I mean person. from Asia I mean like I think from Singapore itself is it's about 400 return yeah, yeah. 400 return okay, yeah, it's probably not about bad. the same from Malaysia but it's like economy right yeah from economy but you know like with uh, Singapore Airlines yeah you have to pay a bit more but uh, like Sri Lankan Airlines um, mm, also look at it. you first class on Singapore Airlines <laughs> <laughs> but riding uh, the same <laughs> sitting in the same seat as Casey Neistat <laughs> I wish um but otherwise, like Scoot, AirAsia, they all have deals if you can yeah. suffer through four hours of no legroom and no food. Well, I can. I mean, AirAsia has kind of improved over the years. Have I'm they? not sure about have Scoot. They? they have because Scoot's under the market. And like yes. by by proxy, <laughs> you are better than Scoot. <laughs> yeah, Scoot was crap. So. Scoot is crap still. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather just go to ANA or some other. How could you, sir? Have you not been on a Jetstar flight? <laughs> I have. Scoot's oh, yeah, worse. Star. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> the only. Airline that's been worse has been Ryanair. That's in England, so I don't care. It's Irish, but yeah. Oh, really? Like, they are obnoxious because they play a fanfare every time the plane lands. What kind of fanfare? Ba 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 ba. That's not even Irish. I don't know. Huh? Eh, that's not so bad. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until you hear it every single time you fly. Of course. Okay, and they is. play adverts every 10 minutes. Why would I want to fly every time with Ryanair? Where, you have- where does Ryanair go to again? Everywhere in Europe, like, but not to the airports you want to. Ah, uh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to have your own version of the Amazing Race, you just fly right in there. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, unless you guys have more questions about uh, Sri Lanka, uh, I just wanted to talk about it because, yeah, I was just there and I got reminded just how wonderful it is. And also because I want more people to go. Because I really do think that people need to go experience this country because... It's got all the sights and sounds of India, but less of the bullshit, which makes it a hassle to travel to. All right, that's that's good to know. That's you know awesome. What? Thanks again for introducing. Thanks the, for sharing. So, uh, yeah. just let you guys know, this segment is brought to you by the National Tourism Board of Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> Visit Sri Lanka. Use uh, coupon code Last King and get two hundred dollars off Ryanair. <laughs> oh, I, I should refer this episode to the tourism board. See if they let me back in on a business visa. Uh, yeah, sure. code, code will be on the notes of the show after this. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Well, code, just go to Sri Lanka. You can. <laughs> Use for a discount. Use Last King Third at checkout. You know what? For fifty percent off. <laughs> use Mister Toffee so you have a plane with a bathroom. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but you and know on what? that 
weird ass note. Uh, not that weird. <laughs> it's quite on brand. Yeah. Speaking of on brand, Mr. Toffee, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about, Mr. Uh, Toffee? We're talk about music. Like the last time we music. talked about oh. stuff. Yeah, we were basically about Mega Man music and what actually got me to it, like just listening to the CDs and whatnot. Yeah, everybody. Now that. we're gonna go to <laughs> yeah. Now we're gonna go to another author in music dom. The word is composer, sir. Like. Yeah, composer. Yes, yes. An author writes books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or no, notes. Author, 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 music. <laughs> author, yeah. author, yeah, author. Yeah. Just say composer, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so he, yeah, so his name is Yuzo Kushiro. I'm sure many of you have heard of I him have. before. Yes, yes I yes. have absolutely heard of this man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he's very Sing- prominent in the 80s and 90s for basically bringing club style music into synthesizers for your Mega Drives and your PC 80801s or so. What Back are you talking about? RPGs and uh, and your video games. The Mega Drive used the Yamaha chip, sir. Yeah, yeah. He just emulated the- those sounds. No, no, no. He, he he did use the Yamaha chip. I mean, he emulated it with a machine, everything. He actually composed. He created his own system basically to make the sounds yep. and everything. Yeah, we all yeah. know that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So, of course, uh, this is going to be your mini love letter to Mr. Yuzo Koshiro, uh, somebody who is very much pro- profound in terms of uh, setting a new stratosphere on what video game music should sound like. Because, yeah, like, yeah. I think for a lot of people... Setting a new benchmark, right? For, like, what can oh, be achieved. God, fuck! Yeah, yeah like, it's a, it's a, he basically raised the benchmark. Like, literally, everything that came out then, he just raised it. I mean, if you think about, like, when people think of classic video game music, everything talks about chip tune and they talk about that eight bit NES sound, which is all just beeps and boops. Yeah, miss me with that bullshit. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, and it's also f- they even talk about the Super Nintendo uh, music stuff, which, while admirable and prominent, it I mean, Yuzo Kushiro actually brought in something a little different in that era. Where I wouldn't even say he brought something different. I think he used the technology to his advantage because it's like while the SNES was very much famous for having two sound chips, one that could emulate uh, voices even better. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't really much useful unless you played a, a Mario game and you want to just hear how cute Yoshi is. Beep, beep. But it's like, if you want to, like, everybody remembers that the Sega Genesis or uh, the Mega Drive, as it's properly called here in Asia and Europe. Yeah. Okay. Mega Genesis. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, but it's like, um, I mean, you do remember, like, okay, the, the early, like, games were just, you know, uh, Ported versions of arcade classics. So, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. everybody will be talking about Altered Beasts and everybody will be talking well, about Space Strider, Harrier, Space Harrier, yeah. and all that shit. And then all of a sudden, like, somebody decided to, hey, we're gonna bring Shinobi to the Sega, and uh, hey, you, Mr. Yuzo Koshiro, we like the work you've been doing. Uh, uh, go nuts. Mm. And boy, did he go nuts. Fuck me. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, yeah. I believe it was a director um, for Revenge of Shinobi because he didn't want to make the exact same game like Shinobi nope. for around totally the different. 88, 89 era. Revenge of Shinobi had to be different. It had to basically had adult mature graphics, like a really mm. different art style. It was it. the Super Shinobi for most yeah, of yeah. us, sir. Uh, Super Shinobi as well, yeah. Super Shinobi, Revenge of Shinobi. I think it's Revenge in, in the US or in, something. Yeah, right? it was Revenge in the US. And yes, here yes. in Asia, we just call it the Super Shinobi. Because... Because he's a super ninja. God oh. damn it. He could jump, somersault, and th- throw 50 shurikens at you. 50? Yeah. 50. <laughs> so the just instructions like the that... Imagine yeah. just having 50 shurikens you have to hold in your hands. <laughs> he's that good. He's a super, he's a super yeah. ninja. No, he, he had 99 shurikens, basically. He, he, could, he could have 99 shurikens and a bit chain one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, so... Throw like all eight of them in one somersault. I mean, it's very hard yeah. for us to discuss Yuzo Koshiro without having any samples on hand. But hey, he's on SoundCloud. You want to follow him. But I think maybe let's talk about like you know the defining moments, especially for you, Mr. Toffee. Yeah, yeah. The defining moment was actually hearing that fusion of traditional Japanese music and, I guess, 
club music. I mean, my vocabulary was obviously limited back in the day. It's still limited now, sir. The first stage. <laughs> no, <my laughs> eclectic, eclectic. Come on. I think come just on. call it house. It's house yeah, music. Yeah. It's dance music. It's dance, house before trans, house was a yeah. thing. Yeah. It's around the same time actually, because he it's was the extremely same time. influenced by the early house music. House is that old? Yeah, it's been around since. This, it was invented this in was Sh- like Chicago in the City 80s right after like disco. Came up, the Inner City ah. was one that actually yeah. made house very, very popular back yeah. then. I just shows how so. millennial I am. Yeah, house music has been around forever. You kids just call it EDM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. I remember when it was called techno. Anyway, <laughs> and yeah, we, yeah, just, we were misnaming just, it yeah. then too. Just yeah. hearing that house and that Japanese traditional Japanese music fusion in the first stage of Vendor Shinobi was like it's just the yeah, opening, I could right? Just hear it over and running and running, just standing still with him and the lightning and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was good stuff. <laughs> I remember that. Stuff. No, I remember when I played Revenge of the Shinobi and I thought to myself, this music is amazing, and it's like I never heard a video game emulate that kind of sound before, and it was. What's especially profound is like you could recognize the instrumentations. Like you could definitely hear like that's a guitar, that's a piano. It wasn't just beeps and boops anymore. And I know like other video games before. It that, was like, as close as you get to a drum and a snare playing in nineteen. Like, yeah, you could like definitely a hear. Yeah, this yeah. was a drum machine. This was a TR nine hundred nine drum yeah, machine. Yeah. And yeah, like, the 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 Roland sound maker, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The synthesizer. Nice try. <laughs> No, but I, I do get what you mean because like when Revenge of Shinobi came out, I mean, all the guys when I played the game were just talking about the music. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course they had fabulous ninja action, don't get me wrong, and you get to fight the Terminator, Batman, Spider-Man, and Godzilla. Because <laughs> the 80s was crazy. Because Japan has no idea what the word copyright means. Yeah. yeah. Then again. They just pretend they don't understand you. This was at the time <laughs> when, you know, like, legal wasn't really caring so much about these Nobody's things. Nobody's gonna like, sue six, us. Seven we make months video after. games. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike Until Tyson's they Street Fighter. Six months later, kinda. yeah, it could be troublesome. But they <laughs> kept Spider-Man in because uh, Sega actually got the rights to make Spider-Man video games around the 90s. Yeah. So well, they... that, the fact that Spider-Man is huge in Japan because he's literally a Power Ranger. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in terms of video That's game cool. rights, it was like just around the nineties. Sega had you know rights and everything. To but do I also like how they, they made Batman more demonic. Ah, but anyway, let's not talk about the graphics. Let's talk about the amazing the maze balls that is Mr. Yuzo Koshiro. Yeah, yeah. So and it, and I thought the first stage music, you know, like oh this is really good, but I don't know if it can get better from there. Then the boss team came up, you know, when you're fighting terrible the giant beat. samurai. Yeah. Like a terrible beat, dee, dee, you know, like it just goes on really, really fast. That really huge loop going on. It's just fun to listen to. While I kept dying, figuring out how the hell to kill this guy when I first tried. You, you know? kept dying? Come on. I mean, just once or Bosses twice, and then I realized. I did not know I did not know that was actually an infinite shuriken cheat or, you know, how to save shurikens, you know? It's oh, nobody that, showed it you know? to you? Oh. No, no one did. I had to play it legit, you know? So, so. Play legit. So, for all you uh, lay masses out there in Last Kingland, if you want to beat uh, Revenge of Shinobi, uh, you go to. Options. You choose a uh, the sound. Uh, the sound, sound test. Choo- zero, choose zero. sound effect zero zero. Wait three seconds, and then the two two zeros will merge into an infinity, and then that's that unlocks infinite shuriken. Pro oh, tip. That's, that's an adorable <laughs> cheat. I yeah. mean, if you do it to do this stuff right now, you have to pay like five bucks for it, I guess. Remember, uh, DLC. before DLC, you, yeah. yeah, it was cheat codes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in like the Halcyon days when you could still have cheat codes, but the internet was a thing. So you could just look it up immediately and not have to like wait for like that one weirdo to tell you on the playground. Mm-hmm. Now for me, it was uh, the guy at the game shop whenever we would go to rent games. Yeah. He would just tell you like, oh, if yeah. you want infinite shurikens, do this. And then he's like, oh, thanks. And how do you know this? 
And because the thing is, uh, back in the day, is like the only way for you to find out this information was to buy Game Pro or a Nintendo Power. Yeah. Or a rich friend who had those magazines So fuck that rich, rich friend because he'll never like share it with you. Like He's the asshole who knew all the Mortal Kombat fatalities and didn't want to tell you. So fuck <laughs> you, Darren. <laughs> anyway, so but the thing is, guy at the shop, what he would do is for just a, a scant dollar, he would photocopy the whole magazine for you. Huh. Yep. So I yeah, was they, they, up this to was date thing. with you my cheat got codes. got to respect the Asian grift here. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> and the thing is, right, you could just pay 10 cents for specific pages. So when wow. more combat came out, I think it was Electronic Gaming Monthly that uh, released all the fatalities 91, and yeah. all the move lists, right? Like, yeah, I think I paid about $3 for all the move lists. Yeah, and, and, and the blood code for and your you can see Mega the Drive fatalities version. in uh, the menu. Now they're in the options. So it's like, you know, the, the era mystique is gone. But anyway, era mystique, Super Shinobi. So I love Terrible Beat too. Yeah, it's probably yeah, one yeah. of the best things about Super Shinobi. And it's also, I would say, up there as one of his top three songs, hands down, all time. I don't know. Because for me, it's between, like, uh, when it comes from sh- just that game, it's a toss-up between uh, definitely Terrible Beat, the boss theme, and the Chinatown theme. Oh my god, the Chinatown that theme is, is so, so great. some yeah, surprisingly yeah. beautiful music. Yeah, like, very... About, like, it, it gets a bit somber, but it's still hip in that sense, you know? I kind of like that. It had a it nice, goes on and yeah, on, it know? has a very nice ambient, chill step yeah, kind yeah. of beat to it. But the thing is, it had this very beautiful uh, progression with, like, I don't know, it was trying to... After, after, like, the first 20 seconds, after you play that main theme... When the strings come in, and then you think to yourself, why am I hearing violins? And why am I kicking ass, and I'm feeling so emotional right now? I'm feeling emotional while killing a lot of Jackie Chan clones flying at me. Oh, you could... Put in your maximum effort for a video game. Of course. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, uh, I'm not saying that he's the guy who did it all first. I mean, no. we have to no, give no, props he's not, to he's like not the first guy, but he did it very well. He did it with the limitation of that technology because, yeah, yeah. like, if you were to listen to Sega Genesis music, especially with when the era when he was around from '89 to '91, right? Especially the output from the American sides, and then you would like. Do you have any idea how to put a tune together, you hacks? Right, stop it. Yeah, it's like a limited <laughs> tune. Like, it goes on for... After 30 seconds, yeah, a loop follows. And then a one-minute loop. This Yuto Kishiro, he composed actual songs, lasted longer than that. Yep. And also bring in, you know... You don't hear club or house music at all in any games that just sounded like that in a ninja game for all, for all of all things, I mean, honestly. only a terrible beat, I would say, would be a club song. Would have a, would be close to a club song. I mean, like, he would definitely enter that... Uh, Genre more full on with streets with the of next rage. Game we're gonna talk with bare about, knuckle, yes. yeah, yeah, bare knuckle, and uh, yeah, uh, bare knuckle. Also, part one, best boss team hands down. <laughs> Just that opening, like that that sub bass drop, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, like shit's going down, <laughs> and it's 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 a, it's a very rare occasion because when it comes to boss music, right, they're only meant to do two things: either to excite you by going faster, which is basically they would speed up the normal yeah. stage music. Mm-hmm. Or it would like there's something about the way that he presented something atmospheric and ominous, and then it would also kind of be, it was very cinematic because it mm-hmm. matched the mood you're supposed to be in when you were like facing a like a large boss, or when it's gonna be um like the beach stage on on the first streets of rage, right? Oh yeah, yeah, the very cheery beach stage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, before you fought the ultimate warrior, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like that the. The, the way the strings just kind of like they're, they're very shrill but the, they, they just kept you on edge and it just encouraged you to keep going forward especially when like the main music of the stage itself just fades and then after a second then the boss team hits you and when the boss team hits you it hits you yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. very hard to describe and you notice that the boss comes out it. after like the I first few notes coming out like it was really thematic yeah 
but, but yeah, definitely. Once you hear it, and it's like it, it, that was that to me is literally like I I have told myself this several times. If I if I was ever I want I want to throw down I want to throw down to that song. That would be my intro music. Hmm. <laughs> if I was to be an MMA, or if you were a wrestler, you're just coming that's, down. The but ring, that's that's yeah. the thing I want. At my wedding, that's the that's my march. <laughs> the boss team from Streets of Rich <laughs> slash Brennacle one. Like, yep, somebody. I'm arriving. <laughs> what in your sleeveless tuxedo? There you go, running down, high fiving the eighties punk jacket. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you put this soundtrack onto the Warriors when you know when when shit goes down. Yeah, it fits. Nah, it no, totally fits. the Warriors had a perfect soundtrack. Okay, okay everything fine. that Joe Walsh did for that soundtrack was spot on. Okay, no. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I mean, I think people will just recognize him basically for Revenge of Shinobi and the first two uh, Streets of Rage slash Bare Knuckles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but much, it, of, of course, you want to talk about like, yeez? <laughs> if we can, because I've only played the first two, that's it. I never played any of it other, other older games because yeah. it felt a bit generic, to be honest. I think these one and two, I mean, it, it's like a top-down fantasy adventure game. You play a redhead guy, you got to save people monster and so forth yeah, but, but I believe it's the music that actually stood out because when you hear stuff from Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest that felt kind of traditional but not quite this one is just like rock music all the way man honestly like, hear, like the, I mean he also did Act Razor right if I'm not mistaken Act Razor was definitely more fantasy that's for sure yeah it's, it's got that it definitely felt more video gamey compared to like Streets of Rage and Revenge of Shinobi in a sense but it's still good it's still good stuff but Yeast itself, it was also kind of groundbreaking because, again, a very different take on fantasy in a sense. Like, it's just trying to go... It's going for metal without sounding too metal, per se. More like rock, in a sense. Like, everything just goes, like, very, very... It's uh, very Iron the Maiden. It just feels like, that. yeah, I'm mm. an adventure, but it's not a corny adventure. It's just, like, a rock-solid, hard metal adventure, in a sense, when you're just going out there. Yeah, and you're playing a cute little elf girl. Uh, no, 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 you're playing a redhead guy. Redhead guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're playing a redhead. <laughs> Uh, it's been it's 80s graphics like it's open to interpretation exactly exactly check the box art <laughs> but I guess yeah I mean again the most prominent time of Yuzuki show was still like again the games we just mentioned like Streets of Rage 1 and 2 because I Bare didn't really feel much Asia. of the yeah. I didn't really feel the love for any of his past musics after Bare Knuckle 3 and people complain about Bare Knuckle 3's music I actually did like it for his own different way basically I mean it yeah. was technically on another level because he managed to make the music match the the frenetic pace of your character like if you yeah, were gonna yeah. die the music changed or if like you gotta if you were gonna like um, what was the thing like when more people arrived on screen the music actually sped up mm-hmm. so it would match like it, w- it was very it, on a technical level like, he did things I'm just that trying to think from a Coding perspective, how much of a pain in the on a sixteen-bit cartridge, sir? In the ass, yeah. but you know, you had did to it. put this he all really in a game it. that was less than a megabyte. I, I most MP3s. Yeah, most this MP3s. episode is probably going to be a couple of like megabytes. Back then, the raw alone is going to be about a and thousand you, of these games, and you have to include AI, level design. Graphics, sprites, yeah. how the hell that's gonna fit menus, on a sixteen-bit cartridge, dude? Life bars, all this computing power. Yeah, you know that bar music mm. is Street of Rage two. Um, I believe that takes out three channels already from the six six channel thing from the yep. Yamaha soundtrack. Wow. Yes. Yeah. No. Okay. If you want to mention something about Bernacle two, right? I still think that the 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 song for the the carnival or was it the a uh, dreamer a dreamer right? 
it's a direct ripoff. I'm gonna say it. Okay, that is literally the shamans I can move any mountain. And I finally, the, the thing is, the moment I heard that song and I heard that in the game, firstly, yeah, when the, the first time I heard that, I was blown away. Like, isn't this the shamans I can move any mountain in a video game? <laughs> what? Okay, but then on, on, on another note, is like, that kind of defined my taste in house music because it's like I was not very much the kind of guy who was into the electronic stuff around that time I mean what I was like 14 or thing or th- yeah I was definitely 14 when uh, Bernacle 2 came out mm. I was in in the middle of high school and I was kind of kind of trying to define myself more as a rocker but when I was hearing that game music and then I remember like l- watching MTV yeah, and it's like why is this music familiar? It's like there was this uh, UK band The Shaman and they had this song I Can Move Any Mountain and it was literally almost note for note like the same from the theme from Streets of Rage to like the amusement park scene and I was like huh <laughs> wait what? And it's like mine was blown it's very hard to explain but it's like all of a sudden I thought to myself oh my god I love Streets of Rage I can't hate this music anymore so, I, have I won't to, say. I, have I mean, respect. we're not we're not saying that Yuzo Kishiro is a copycat or anything. It's like, no, I'm not inspired, saying that. Inspired, he was inspired. definitely yeah. influenced, and yeah. like you can. Yeah. I mean, you can even say like uh, Ninja Sonic. Step. It was actually influenced by Bad Dance from Prince. Yeah, like, bits exactly. Of it. Yeah. Like you know, when you hear Bad Dance by Prince and you hear Ninja Step and Shinobi, it's like yeah, yeah. No, he, all <laughs> all music is cannibalized by someone else down the line. No, but it wasn't really cannibalized. It's like. Think about it this way, like like an what, influence, yeah. Uh, what a guy needed synthesizers and uh, like oscilloscopes and computers and sequences to do, he did it on a cartridge. Because the he man, because, he, because the man's a own, genius. <laughs> he had to build his own custom tool set to cram all that in an eight-bit. He had to invent his own cartridge. coding language to figure this shit out. And it is like, and the fact of the matter is, is like, I mean, that's what I kind of miss about like that era of video games when. Just this crazy shit had to be pulled just to make it work. Not only yeah, that, it's yeah. like, think of it this way, right? When you play Super Mario Brother, uh, Brothers, is your first instinct to crank that shit up? No. You play Revenge of Shinobi, my neighbors know I'll be playing Revenge <laughs> of Shinobi. <laughs> you put that volume up, my friend, you, yes, on you your know, CRTVs and stuff. Exactly, you know, because the Sega had stereo sound, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and I think the only guy he had, uh, Koshiro shared his tech and his secrets and his rivalry with is probably another guy who needs more love, Motohiro Kawashima. He, he and... Uh, Yuzo Kushiro are like synonymous together with Street Didn't Rage they work two, together on Street Rage 3? Like yeah, Bionicle 2 and 3. Or? 2 and 3. Part 1 yeah. was all Yuzo himself, yeah. And it was guess only part what? Two, yeah. Decades later, the, the two of them are touring together as DJs. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, cool. They're touring. They're still yes. doing that. They, he would literally go to clubs all over the world and just drop 16-bit music from that era. Remixed and maybe uh, instrumentation is definitely upgraded to current technology. Yeah. Right? But it's like... Hey, like Tokyo nostalgia, Nagoya, the nostalgia guys go nuts. We like, yep. Well, I hope he gets paid a shit ton for that. Well, I'm sure owns... they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he can perform his own music, I mean, I think he definitely owns the rights to this, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the last one that was probably broadcasted kind of publicly was that Red Bull Academy music tour thing. Um, they just play, basically played Revenge of Shinobi and Streets of Rage stuff all Dude, the way through. Yeah, I saw it on YouTube. That was amazing. It was God. good. Stuff. And like, it's just like it's nice to see how all the crowds hum along. You know, mm. it's like, oh yeah, we all have the same childhood. Yeah, we yes. all know this game. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. I don't know, but like, if anything, uh, I think that's the thing that I feel that it's kind of uh, missing, like, really memorable game music. I mean, the the last time I can actually consider like a piece of like a, a video game with like 
orchestration or something that I would definitely recommend. I mean, I mean Octopath Traveler. It's like, holy but shit, this it, music yeah. blows me away. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I can't think of anything after that or before that. Like, people are telling me, like, oh, Red Dead Redemption has got amazing game music. It's like, no, it's just... It's just I mean, it's good, yeah. but it kind of just bleeds into it. I think the last uh, game which had music which still, like, I remember and haunts me kind of is the Mass Effect series. Yeah, there you go. Especially yeah, the yeah, suicide yeah. mission in Mass Effect Two. Yeah, mm. all the trilogy basically had yeah. really awesome music. Yeah. Mm. I mean, but uh, what happened? By the way, gave a shit. <laughs> but like, I want to say this also is like when people talk about game music now, it's like an actual orchestra, it's actual yeah. musicians, it's an actual guitar because it's basically like you can definitely put CD quality music on something like a Blu-ray. Yeah, like that—that's not a big deal to me. But it's like when you talk about something like Octopath Traveler, and the guy had to emulate that 16-bit sound and had to use the actual technology to do it, yeah. and then getting an orchestra to and play then getting all the, the orchestra there, on yeah. top of that, yeah. and then it becomes uh, like there is the nostalgia because there's something about those specific beeps, boops, and sounds. Yeah, that just triggers that inner kid in me. Is like, oh my god, this is gorgeous. And then you put the orchestra on top, and then that that musician nerd in me is like, huh. <laughs> Okay, this is. I want to hear this all the time now because it's like there's game music and then there's game music. Yeah, yeah, like you know what I mean? high tier game music. I mean, sense. like, like people will talk about oh, the theme for Final Fantasy is amazing. Yeah, sure, you got an orchestra. Of course, it'll sound amazing. Yeah, but back then it's like no, some asshole in an office with a synthesizer and like a four eight six computer had to figure this out and fit it onto like you know something that could barely power any smartphone now. Yeah, no, I mean I do appreciate the the you know the intelligence and the passion behind it it doesn't hit me in nostalgia bone because you know by the time i got into computer games they were able to you know figure out orchestral i'm guessing this is like past ad lib and this is definitely (laughs) past 90s for you right yeah oh yeah no like i got into like proper gaming i think in like 2000 there you go yeah that's all cd music right you did not oh man you did not suffer like we did back in the 80s with midi music Yeah, we had to actually... Rec- I mean, if we liked the soundtrack before they started selling this stuff, we had to record it on, like, a tape track, basically, like, to record... You what know, are you, t- what are you talking about? Uh, recording music from, you know, from your game, from your favourite game or whatnot. Yeah, to... What's record? What are you doing? <laughs> what, it's not on demand, just, like, from, like, the ether. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you know, when you're just having a little microphone... Remember before stuff. Spotify Kids when you had to buy CDs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to show someone you really love them, you made a mixtape for them? Yeah. yeah, I made a few. Yes, I never made any mixtapes. <laughs> you don't love her at all, huh? No, well, actually, I never asked anyone out. I was always asked out. Sure. <laughs> Here's a collection of MP3s in a zip file, darling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna show you my Spotify playlist. It's not the same. It's no. not the same. You know what? That also kind of annoys me when hip hop artists say, "Oh, I'll just drop the mixtape." If it's not on tape, you can't call it a mixtape. It's yeah. a playlist. It has to be on an actual tape. Yes. Yeah, put it, you have to put it on the actual tape and set it from the back of your car like a true yeah. hip-hop like guy. Actually, I respect the guy who was on the news a few years ago for... He worked at McDonald's and got fired because he kept on like, giving people his mixtape while he was giving their orders. Aww. It's like, I respect the hustle. I mean, I respect it's the dumb, hustle. but I respect always. the hustle. Shout-outs to that guy, yeah. wherever you are. Hopefully, you're on SoundCloud doing it properly. <laughs> little whatever. <laughs> little fries. Yeah, <laughs> little fries. <laughs> little muffin. Little, mu- little mac. Little Mac! Ah! Back on the track. Alright. So, Yuzuka Shiro. Uh, gone but not forgotten. He's still around. Well, he's yeah. still around, dude. He's still he's like he's dead, dead or anything. Yeah. He's not dead, but it's like definitely. He was ahead of his time, and I think I do agree with you that we should give guys like him a lot of love. And yeah. I don't know, because he is a very quiet and a very private man, and it's like 
finding interviews or researching him is nigh impossible because he. I think it took about five years before Red Bull managed to do that academy yeah. series with him because of all yeah. the legal issues. And it's like when when you finally get to hear his thought process and it is basically he is such a blue collar guy he's like oh I was on the deadline I had to figure all of this out so I had to do this 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 and then I discovered that oh it wasn't capable of this so I had to code my own language and it's like huh? he's one of those guys I mean like yeah. he and yeah. probably like I mean, I mean yeah he does game music but I would like, equate him to something like a John Carmack who's like yep I, I just redid everything or I invented my own language yeah, just yeah. so I but, could do it yeah cool <laughs> He's like the most uh, impressive individual, the smart, lazy guy. I won't say uh, lazy. Well, I mean lazy no, in terms of like, this is difficult, yeah. I'm going to find an easy way to do it by making it myself. So I think he made things even more complicated and because of the deadline, he's like, he's like one of those guys who's like, no, no, it has to sound like this. It needs to sound exactly oh, like the so music. So even more scary, like that yeah, dude. Yeah, he's that dude, you know? Yeah, he was still using his same setup from Revenge all the way to like part three and then Everything else is all kind of new music. I mean, like, it's it's very hard to also... I mean, the easiest way for, like, all you Last King fans to really see, like, what a significant change in the dynamic was. Like, you play any video game from that era. Like, hear the soundtrack to Golden Axe. And then you put Revenge of Shinobi right next to it. And you can see, how did he do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's which like, one even, you rather listen in your car back then? I'm sure. Like even like something like Sonic the Hedgehog or even Sonic Three, right? Which is like amazing music, right? Is like, nah, it doesn't have quite that Yuzo Koshiro where it's like, there's something where he harmonizes and orchestrates things to the point where the sounds were bigger than they were, and it just it just blew my mind that this was possible. Yeah. And if anything, it's uh, you know what? Props to the guy. Please follow him on SoundCloud or Spotify. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he definitely needs a little more attention. And if you can, find the games. Find the yeah. games. I'm sure they'll appear on like the Nintendo eStore or something. I mean, they're all on Steam. Like, you can get the single or collection. Or get the vinyls if you can. They are selling them right now. Oh, the vinyls are fun to collect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and impossible too at the same time. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. Uh, hearing like 16-bit music on a vinyl. <laughs> that <laughs> is... We've gone full circle with the Wang yes, Free. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is peak... Uh, that is nerdy music. to the point of nerdy that, that yeah <laughs> that's nerd cubed that's nerd cu- squared nerd squared no nerd cubed yeah you're looking at yourself right there yeah <laughs> you're in the fourth dimension of uh, nerddom and speaking of the fourth dimension <laughs> yeah we're gonna be yeah Shafiq I'm sure you have a topic you want I mean you wanna wrap this up no? I guess because of Yuzo Kushiro this basically made me just go back and listen to all the different pop music I kind of missed out. I mean, if I wasn't listening to Beatles, I'll just be listening to Beatles. That's it. I kind of need to, you know, expand my horizons and sense, especially the eighty stuff. So I have an entire playlist on Spotify of eighties and nineties house. I can just pass to you right now. <laughs> I did it already. <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> I can. No, nah, but that. I already. I mean, I already have my own set stuff. And I mean, but I'm talking about back then. Like you know, I didn't know any better in a new in a sense. So there you go. It's enough to actually make you just go back and explore everything from that sense. Yeah, he yeah. did definitely define my taste in club music after that. Because like, if it wasn't for like playing uh, like you know Bernacle on Sega, right? I would not appreciate Underworld or like Orbital. It's like nice. it's like because of him, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack made sense. Of course, techno is the music for violence. Besides heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a different kind of violence. Like heavy metal is the the violence of like epic battles and techno is like brawls true yeah. that but it's like nothing gets me more amped than the Mortal Kombat theme 
Yeah. I really which, want to punch which, a guy which in the face play, after I hear still this. It is a pretty violent yes. track. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you can I mean, they even used that in like the marketing promotion for MK11 as well. It's crazy stuff. They finally did it. They yeah, actually they did it. used the theme song. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes. That's, That's all how we've immortal, been asking for. Immortal was. Yeah. Stop making this moody orchestral whatever music. Just put the goddamn song from the movie in the game. <laughs> and they did. Well done. <sighs> so, Yuzuka Shiro, please. Good stuff. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Toffee, for sharing uh, your love for uh, video game music, which is very on brand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much music. We're mm. gonna keep, we're gonna keep harmonizing in that sense. Yeah. We're gonna keep harmonizing. There you Speaking go. Speaking of uh, on branch, I think it's now your turn to talk about something which is up your alley. Oh, uh, something up my alley. Oh man, the deep dark alley that leads to the void nihilism of space and all that is cosmic. <laughs> so, one of the running themes on the Last King podcast is me constantly dropping. Cthulhu and Lovecraft and every time I see a large tentacle monster I would just scream out Cthulhu (laughs) and I'm pretty sure that that is something that I probably need to explain a bit more I mean the last time I did it I still remember both of you guys looking at me like a little bit dumbfounded like what are you talking about was at uh, during our Star Wars solo review oh yeah like during the Kessel Run and you see this giant tentacle monster in space oh look it's Azathoth and you're like, I now understand the reference because <laughs> I watched the doc- documentary that you passed us. <laughs> there you go. The blind idiot got himself like, hey, there he is. It has a top. And uh, so yeah, we're talk- we're going to be talking about Lovecraft. We're going to be talking about Lovecraft. The most yes, successful insult that ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't successful. He died poor and penniless. So. Well, exactly. I would say the most successful insult that ever lived is still Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Oh yeah. wait, no wait, he did get married. Yeah, he did. So did yeah, Lovecraft. That Lovecraft like got married. Yes, but got divorced and had... I think the first time he ever had sex was when that woman appeared. There you go. Because people were still thinking about the Mark Zuckerberg from the social network. I guess that's why that stigma still stays on. No, wait, he was successful. Then he got married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mark Zuckerberg, please don't cancel us. <laughs> we, we love what you do with Facebook and steal all the data. Yes, yes, I love the way you <laughs> smoke some meats whilst I'm staring... <laughs> Without blinking any eyes directly into the camera. There you go. And speaking about dead and soulless. <laughs> I wanna HP talk Lovecraft. About, <laughs> I want to talk about an author that has not only influenced my tastes, but also is the grand benchmark for everything that is horror to me. Because a lot of for, you guys... For almost everyone, I would say. I would say for... He influenced everyone, one thing. But also, uh, like it's kind of weird how... I'm a little bit protective of this now because like Lovecraftian horror, Cthulhu Mythos, is having a bit of an upswing in the last few years because yeah. it kind of like, gained in popularity and I can't really like pinpoint exactly when or why that happened because the last time like people made any strong Cthulhu references would definitely be like maybe 10 years ago. Like when it comes to like video games or movies, right? Like the best of like Lovecraft's work would probably be like I mean I would say Evil Dead The Thing Aliens definitely oh for sure yeah The and Thing definitely the like thing. the last like, The Thing is basically a shock off yep definitely and I would also say that uh, the only one that was would be within this new millennium era would definitely be Frank Darabont's uh, The Mist mm-hmm. that is pure Lovecraftian horror and there's been a few smaller fare like there was The Endless and The Void which came out in 2016 and 17 respectively not mistaken and um, I just wanted to share my love for Lovecraft because, if anything, it's s- strange that when you're a like a pop culture denizen such as ourselves, yeah, and like when you would like 
look at things or you look at things that are successful or things that are popular or things that are just so seminal and influential and then you realize they all seem to share this one common love for this one author yeah and to the point where i've never read any lovecraft stories but they're I all am, free online <laughs> i'm familiar with the mythos enough to know like when someone says oh i went down to really like oh i understand that reference yep there you go oh yeah oh, miskatonic yeah sure I mean, yes. that is my dream. I want to have the Miskatonic University, <laughs> like, uh, college jersey. <laughs> I think it was a board game that actually got me think, uh, looking up more on the Cthulhu and HP Lovecraft. Was it oh, the, the tabletop game. The, the yeah. Call of Cthulhu tabletop game? Uh, not tabletop. Uh, sorry, CCG top game, tabletop game. Like, they're a combination of both, I think. Really? Yeah. I would have thought, like, an old school gamer like you would, like, definitely name drop Alone in the Dark. Nah, oh yeah, that too, yes. That was the not very first <laughs> time back in the 90s where I... Where, the name Cthulhu became familiar because mm. the first time I heard it, I'm pretty sure it was definitely Metallica on their uh, The Call of Cthulhu. They have a song. Yeah, that song, yes. Yeah, that yeah. Awesome. so it's like, I remember like uh, when I heard Call of Cthulhu, I was like, oh, this is cool. They're not singing about Satan. They're singing about some crazy thing that they imagined. Uh, the old, the elder god. Yeah, and it, but the thing is, I never made that reference because I never really researched the lyrics or understood what it's about. But it's like, it was such a cool name, Cthulhu. And then uh, later when my heavy metal taste kind of uh, progenated towards death metal and I heard uh, Morbid Angels, uh, Lords, of Fever, all, Lords of All Fevers and Plagues. And the fucking closing chorus is them chanting Ia Sakath, Ia Sakath. And I was hmm. like, oh, what strange language this is. And then came Evil Dead. I saw Evil Dead before I saw The Thing. And when... The entire, uh, the MacGuffin of the entire movie is the fucking Necronomicon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like, to me, and if you recall in the opening sequence of Evil Dead 2, when like, uh, freaking Ash was like describing the, the Necronomicon, and then the, like, you were flipping through the pages and there was these cool demonic drawings and the book was like bound in leather skin and had this evil face on it. I mean, the 15 the year old version of me was like I want that yeah <laughs> I want to know the secrets I want to put curses on all these assholes in school <laughs> I want to be that guy I want to I want to learn more about the dark arts I want to be an occultist I want to I, I want to know and like it was strange because it's like why do these things that I love so much seem to have something in common? And it, like you have to understand, this is before I had proper internet yet. Like I had this would have been ninety four, ninety five. Oh yeah. Like, for me, I got internet around 97, 98. Actually, right at the same time, I got internet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like, like for me, it's like, time. I was lucky because, like, when I went to college, uh, they decided, like, part of my college package was they would provide me a high-speed internet at home with an ADSL line. Oh, my God. There you go. And it, that, and uh, here's, a th- here's another thing. Yeah. When I got, uh, when, when you give a college-age kid high-speed internet, what's the first thing they do? Porn. Porn. <laughs> Second thing they do. Okay. You play quick (laughs) because you have zero ping and you're the (laughs) asshole killing everybody and it's like, look at everybody moving slow motion except me. Ah, Those hyping scrubs. Ah, We call them hyping bastards. HPB versus LPBs back in the day. And then all of a sudden I remember like, oh, hey, the the last boss of quick was Shub Niggurath. What does that say? Well, it's cool. And it's like, and I remember, like, because the thing is, like, all these little, like, morsels of information were just stuck in my brain and then, it was much later when it was definitely some random documentary on TV and it was like basically something similar to like the documentary I showed you guys where it's like is John Competitor talking about like his movie The Thing uh-huh. and I was really looking forward to watching this film because it 
like back in back in those days, they would show the making of before they would show the the actual movie on TV. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. They 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 like to package it that way. Like okay. So at nine thirty, it's the making of the thing, and at ten p.m., it's your it's the the horror feature special for Friday. And it's like okay, cool. So I would sit through it. And then that was the very first time. Thank you, Mr. John Carpenter. Not only for your amazing movies and your amazing music and for just creating the slasher genre and just being awesome. For being John Carpenter. For being... for. Thank you for Big Trouble in Little China too. Yes. Because <laughs> if it wasn't for that, no Mortal Kombat. Hands down. But it was him like saying, oh yeah, you know, I was really inspired by Ridley Scott's Alien. But I was also more inspired by what he was inspired by, which was H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu Mythos and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, so there's this guy that exists. And he mentioned like names like Cthulhu, Shabnigurath, you know, Shagoth, and it's like, I know those words. Yeah, they all sound very familiar. You know what I mean? And then things like as, as, at a young age, it's like, I mean, all my heavy metal fans were like, oh man, how many demons from hell can you name? There's Bale, there's this guy, that. Uh. And it's like, yeah, but it's so boring. How about stuff that you have to really think hard to pronounce? There you go. Like, that's the actual pronunciation for Cthulhu. Like, it's K L U L U. You have it's to meant to be cough pronounced it out. like two syllables. It's like, that's how you pronounce it. Like, oh. But it's like. So you have to mention, like, the thing is, as a guy of that age, and it, like, you know, when you listen to your heavy metal albums and you're just staring at the record covers and you're like, looking at the artwork and it's like this giant uh, portal that's just like this abyss into space with like fangs and tentacles coming out and it's like what is this where is this coming from what what, what is this that, heck, that I could never comprehend and, and imagine? I want all of it I want this now this is exactly how I'm feeling I want to be the bane of the universe and blah 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 so thank you John Carpenter doing that documentary for the thing which I thoroughly enjoyed watching that that yeah. night I was like I was me and my brother and I remember especially the scene when they were all tied up and they were doing the, the blood test yeah the blood test and then they realized that oh it's not him who is the thing it's this guy and then it's like everybody just freaking out I was giggling so hard mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh you guys are so fucked but it was that moment and then I thought to myself it's like I have a library card <laughs> I'll, I'll go check this guy out I'll go to National Library and like uh, do you have any HP Lovecraft and you know what did they say to me in Singapore no of course not <laughs> It's Singapore. We don't have H.P. Lovecraft in this. Like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, he he writes horror novels. Yeah, but you can definitely. So, with that in mind, and uh, still undeterred, I decided to go to the next best place back in Singapore during the nineties, Tower Records. Aha. Uh-huh. Because it was there that I saw a copy of the Necronomicon, the oh. s- the Simon version, which okay, everybody is not, version. which is the unofficial, like you know, the commercialized version. But there it was. Collected works of H.P. Lovecraft. I think it was Penguin Books too. Oh yeah, because that was at the time when they finally became acceptable to publish it on the Penguin. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I was really. And then there it is. It was in my hand. And the best thing about Lovecraft is, like, you can go through all the stories in a day. Oh yeah, they're super short. Yeah, because they were all like basically stuff that used to be published in like scientific journals or like tales of the weird back in the 1930s or whatever. 1920s. 20s. There you go. 25 to 20. Yeah, to 38. That was his. That was his run. And I yeah. was like. Yeah, I can do this because, like, also around the same time, I was really into Kafka. I can see the the connections you've been making. Yeah, because the thing is, like, I was always like, I was the guy who they're both kinds of interdimensional horror. Just one has paperwork. Mm, one has paperwork, <laughs> yeah. which is why I love Brazil so much. But also at the same time, like, like my taste in horror back then, right, was like, oh, I was like a Freddy Krueger or Nightmare on Elm Street nut. But then again, I also did not enjoy them for their scares, but more for their campiness, their goofiness. Yeah, but it's like. 
I never felt something that touched you right in your heart that just gave you chills. It's been... It was like at, at that point of time, I thought to myself, this is something that... like It was not since The Exorcist or The Shining. Like Those are the films like... I still remember watching it the first time and I couldn't sleep because the how nightmarish those images were. Yeah, because like H.P. Lovecraft says, like the the most primal uh, feeling is fear and the deepest fear is the fear of the, fear of the unknown. unknown. Yeah. yeah, Which and those movies you mentioned have in spades. That's for sure. Fuck Especially yeah. The Shining because you have no fucking idea why <laughs> any of this is happening <laughs> and it's terrifying. Yeah. Why am I scared of twin girls now? Yeah. Why is there <laughs> blood in the elevator? Why is it never ever explained? <laughs> And that's why I'm so hard on horror nowadays. Uh, but it was definitely that moment. And here's another thing. It's like, what really defines nerdiness is that you find something that you want to share and nobody gets it. Yeah, it's when... And it becomes yours. When it when you get like the glassy-eyed stare like, uh-huh, oh really? That's when you know you found your thing. Like, and, like, you, and you become that guy who likes that thing. And the thing is, I told it to like a couple of close friends and uh-huh. then I realized it's like, oh... I think I'm smarter than my friends. Oh, that's a wonderful feeling. You know, you know, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, <laughs> when you share something with somebody and they don't get it, and it's like, yeah, definitely. you are beneath me. <laughs> <laughs> Time for me to expand my horizons and find real friends. But that's the sad thing is like I never ever found close friends who would get into H.P. Lovecraft or Cthulhu Mythos with me. It was like that one thing that I would just like be very personal about and just keep to myself. And it's like every once in a while. Like, people will come into my room and like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's the Necronomicon. It's from that movie, The Evil Dead. But it's so much more. And then, or like, I would talk about Cthulhu Mythos. Do you know? Like, there's this thing in outer space called Azathoth. And we're all, the entire universe is, we're his dream. And if he ever wakes up, all reality stops existing. Doesn't that blow your mind? And then, like, like that, that level of imagination, that level of fantasy, that level of thinking beyond what was possible... Yeah. And it came out in the 1920s. From a guy... When you discover his life story, you realize, oh yeah, this is absolutely the guy who would come Definitely up with this from that guy, yes. Is that, is, like, the thing is, and the thing is, it's also because it's from a place of such hatred for... He was he was a, a, clearly a misanthrope. Oh yeah, he was everything possible. Like Even by the 1920s, he was a virulent racist. True that. <laughs> yes. you, if you you don't know what the name of his cat is anyway. If you so. consider it extreme... <laughs> For the twenties, oh, but he didn't lynch anybody. No, but uh, I, if you want to say extreme, that exists. But like, no, for, I mean, like he didn't like the most extreme you could have in polite society. I would say. And what he did was he channeled it into a way where he created something that he truly was afraid of. I mean, it was mm. it's very clear that everything is definitely an analogy or a metaphor for something that he he witnessed around him growing up in. I think it was New York at that time. Uh, it was Providence where he grew up and New York yeah, is when he where went to he York, lived with his wife. And that's where he hated the most because he could not appreciate the, the, the clash of cultures, like mm-hmm. all the different immigrants coming in, especially during that time. And like, you know, he took that and he put it into paper. And it, instead of just being some virulent racist who decided to just like, you know, s- slander entire category of people, he decided to like create things or like it wasn't, talking about things specifically but he was trying to express his emotion mm. and it's like that slurry of adjectives he uses to describe things like the way he describes his monsters nobody truly understands what he's trying to say because often he but doesn't even describe it he just basically. uses 
adjectives which don't make any sense because they're so abstract. Just like, but you so don't you care because they sounded good. That's yeah, the thing. because yeah, there's a rhythm to it, there's a melody to it, but also the thing is, the genius of him is the ability to put to line these adjectives in a way where it just makes your imagination take off. Yeah, especially when he talks about weird geometries, where he talks about like even the way he describes smells, and he, like you imagine it like. Uh, when you open up the crypt, it was the stench of a thousand open like graves, and like I, you, you, there's something so beautifully poetic. Like about even it. if you've never experienced it, and hopefully you've never experienced it, like you can kind of like get the idea of what he's trying to say. Yeah, I mean, like for me, it's hard enough that he doesn't get enough love, and it's mm. it's also strange that he's influenced so many people, and so many people like Neil Gaiman, Guillermo del Toro, John Carpenter, Sam Raimi. Uh, Frank Darabont all these guys fucking love Lovecraft Stephen King hands down loves Lovecraft yeah the book he did The Mist that was that purely him you know that's his love letter yeah and that's another thing I need to say Lovecraft did not mind people taking his characters and running with it oh yeah because he was was just a cool shy guy who had this like very archaic belief of like you know the culture gentleman who doesn't work only creates (laughs) he wanted to be Byron only with much less fucking. <laughs> less fucking, less money, yeah. yeah. He actually did earn way little for his ghost writings and everything. So yeah. I mean, like, if you were to... he charged well below market rate because he didn't know what people actually charged. But so you also understand at that point in time, I don't think they were like critically received. It's like, it was only until much later when, like, I would say probably during our millennium when yeah. pe- we rediscovered him. And if you were to put him side by side against everything else that existed, like if you talk about like, oh, what's a scary book? A Stephen King novel. You read Lovecraft and they're barely like the same size. Like they're equivalent to like a chapter in a Stephen King book, but they yeah. tell such bigger ideas much more efficiently. And I also love the fact that every one of his protagonists is always like a researcher, a paleontologist or a scientist. Who actually doesn't do much apart from just get very scared and mad. Not only that, it's like, what is this thing I have discovered? And, oh god, what have I unleashed upon the world? And then becomes the, the greater philosoph- philosophical uh, he question. He definitely writes to a particular type. True that. And it's like, I would say, I mean, there's always that generation of men, women also. Like, I would call us, like, I would definitely be part of that. It's, we are the closeted intellectual where we are afraid to express our intelligence. Mm. There will be times when, I mean, like, nerds, we all understand how this feels. Sometimes there are things that you love so dearly or that you appreciate or you're just so precious about but you just can't share with people because, you know, there's just some things that just touch you either emotionally, or psychologically or even... Physically? Or physically. Hopefully not physically. I'm not king shaming here. Anybody there? If you're, if you're fucking that Cthulhu plush, you go for it. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Hey. I've seen hentai. I've seen worse. Hentai. There you go. <laughs> Influenced by Cthulhu. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> you, look, you look at it. I mean, like, I would say... I wouldn't say when it comes to the Japanese influence the most obvious one is definitely Bloodborne oh for sure Bloodborne is pure Lovecraft it's like everything from the monsters to the way they're named to the way they speak to you just the, the dread fact. you feel just walking around Yarham and all yes, that yes and, like and I think that's the, the key thing when it comes to talking about Lovecraft is like what makes him so essential is because like if you were to compare it to any other movie monster say Dracula say the werewolf mm-hmm. you can kill them yeah you, know? you can't you can't kill Cthulhu you know, he reconstitutes himself. And also, at this point in time, like, 
unlike Dracula who wants to drink your blood or like the werewolf who's yeah. just like this crazy horny guy who wants Cthulhu to kill people. Cthulhu is just so goddamn indifferent to your existence. He doesn't give a fuck about you. Yeah, he's bigger than everything else so to speak. And yeah, we are literally insignificant in a sense. Your the ants is on the mound like yes. staring up at him. No, not even ants. We're the ants on the back of the ants on the, <laughs> on the molehill. We are the, the, the very bacteria on the ant looking up at this all powerful cra- and that's the thing is like that always captured my imagination because whenever people talk to me like when it comes to like fantasy literature or horror is like oh and then Frankenstein was seven feet tall or this dragon was like you know the size of a castle and it's like yeah this guy came up with Azathoth he's the size of a galaxy yeah imagine seeing that and it's like, I also love the fact that he's consistent with that human reaction where you when you look at it you're not only terrified, you just go mad. Because you cannot physically or mentally comprehend what you are seeing. This doesn't make sense. Your brain cannot process it. And, and so it, it shuts down. Yeah, and the beauty of it is, right, because it's all cosmic horror, right? Space is infinite. Of course they can fit there. Of course you have no idea what's yeah. coming at us. And it's like, I mean, that's one thing that I also truly appreciate is because he knows how to ground things in a way that we relate to it. He gives a sense of perspective, yeah. I would say. That's the, that's, the, that's the word. Because when you talk about real monsters, when you say like Dracula, he's, he's man-sized, but you can stick him through the heart. Like, you, can, you can see physically how you, what it would take to overpower that. Yeah. Whereas you, when, you, when you think about like, you know, like say the Elmontons of Madness, like just, yeah, what do you do? What, what hurts that? Yeah, it's just, you, you can't it figure go, it out basically. You, you look at it, you it. you can't figure out the weak point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm pretty sure if you kick Dracula in the nuts, he might keel over a little bit, <laughs> at least. Yeah. You know, or even Frankenstein. If do you think Doctor Frankenstein sold it on some balls? Probably. He wanted probably no yeah. yeah because he was horny. He wanted yeah. a mate. Yeah, yeah. There you go. He, a complete man. There you go. He wasn't there. But it's like, okay, you, you see Shop Niggeroth. Which part do I shoot at? Yeah. <laughs> well, in Quake, yeah, there is a there is a weak point, is there? Well, the BFG <laughs> clears him out. Okay, yeah. but yeah. the Quake shot the, is the real one. Totally yeah. different from the the, the, the source material, sir. It's like, yes. yeah, even the Warhammer version of the Shogoth can be killed eventually. Yeah, there you go. I mean, like, and Sorry, it's called is, a Shogoth because you know copyright. Yeah, not because they can trademark it. Exactly. Copy. Yeah, but I would say this also is like I love that about my monsters. I love that about my horror. I I need to feel that sense of pure helplessness uh, if there's nothing you can do to yeah. hurt it that is a truly terrifying because all you can do is hope it doesn't notice you yeah you know but like when I watch something like Jaws it's like what does that thing want to do it just wants to eat you can you reason with it nope <laughs> what are you going to do convince it not to eat you then when you see something like I don't know uh, give me your run of the mill teenage slasher movie right oh it's just some guy with mental issues that's not scary anymore yeah Basically, uh, like even zombies don't terrify me anymore. They're just so, I don't know. I mean, even the fast zombies are kind of like this again. Yeah, you know, you feel that for this the umpteen time. Basically, they're just overplayed. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just pop culture for you. I mean, like if you don't do fast zombies, regular zombies, like yeah, I'm sure I can outwalk them. Yeah. Also, it got utterly ruined for me. A cracked article talk about how zombies would only be dangerous for about the first few months, then the body would rot and they become literally useless. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so like, okay, so we just they're have still to decomposing. Which stay there for two months and just wait for like the birds to finish eating them. 
not only that, it's like, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, they're still decomposing and rotting. It's like, once the muscles and the sinews give way, it's like, yeah, it, it, that's like it. When they say, destroy the brain, otherwise they don't die, just shoot the leg off, they still can't move anymore. There you go. Yeah, because physics. Yeah. You know, if they, what are they going to do, crawl towards you? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of that. What are going to do, bite my ankles? Wear some boots. Yeah. So, we throw Cthulhu at you, something that's larger than any mountain conceived, with the face of an octopus apparently and these giant wings why would it need wings too just it's already OP it's enough it's <laughs> you know what I mean it's, like, it's like when you're a late game character and you still have points to spend but you have everything you need it's like it's like the accessory yeah you know it's like imagine him as a boss character like you're doing your best to take him out and all of a sudden and now it's my next form I have wings I can fly too what <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> Which is why I really hey, want... I have dreams I can fly to. <laughs> I am made of dreams. I am the son of Azatov. Yeah. Uh, no, but... I mean, like, I've harped on The Last King podcast several times. I would love more adaptations of Lovecraft film. Television, maybe not. I need the budget. I need the budget for you. And the fact that Guillermo del Toro apparently is still working on in, in uh, The Mountains of Madness. He's still trying to. I yes, think from what I've heard. he might finally command the, like, the cloud to get oh, some funding. Oh, it's still in production. He started, yeah. and like from last I heard, right? I don't know if Tom Cruise is still involved. Probably not. I think you need someone a bit younger, easier to look scared. I would say I would like no, but the thing is, I would. I'd like to see a Kaksha Cumberbatch. True that. No, but I liked how Tom Cruise reacted to the aliens in War of the Worlds. That was truly genuine. Like how, yeah. like I can see Tom Cruise would definitely be able to pull it off, but but also at the same time, it's like, uh, hey, Mister Del Toro, I trust you. You did a very good version of Lovecraftian horror with the Hellboy movies. Yeah. And also a little bit with... Uh, Pacific Rim, kind of? Shape, no, shape of Water. water. Shape yeah, of shape Water. water. There's literally, you know, you know, Servant of Dagon right there. She's fucking... Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, like, yep. That fish Man. Uh, horny Fish Man. Very Cthulhu. Very, very, very Lovecraft. Yeah. You know? And, but I'm also, like, I'm, I'm desperate for a Bloodboard too. I've been harping on about it for the longest time it's, because it's in production. I think they've confirmed. I know production. they haven't I... announced not, but but probably PS Five. Who knows? Yeah, oh God, maybe. no! Please, I want it now because like to me that is the definitive from software game. I love Sh- Sekiro. Sekiro is fine. I do love the. Well, we're gonna stick in theme, yeah. Bloodborne would be the Dude, way to go. I'm. I'm I, it's like I don't need another Dark Souls. I just want another Bloodborne. Bloodborne in terms of game. Well, you can't wait for Michael Zaki to make Elden Ring first. <laughs> Whatever the hell that is. Whatever. Maybe it might yeah. be Viking themed though, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, true that. Yeah, but Vikings aren't, you know, no, they're cool. They're cool. unknowable horror from another dimension. Yeah. Well, Suter, maybe. <laughs> nah. Not, not, not quite terrifying enough. I mean, like, so guys, I mean, I've been waxing lyrical for the longest time. Like, what would, I mean, what, what, what are your Lovecraft moments, boys? Um, definitely from video games, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, say when the... I played uh, Soul Reaver for the first time on Dreamcast, the guy who basically gives you a mission could probably be from one of the Elder Gods from those books anyway, or something. That I mean, I think it's called the Elder God, I believe. The, the one voiced by Tony J. Mm. And then the mood itself, like when you're just exploring the desolate world that Kane ravaged with his lieutenants, that's already that sense of nihilism when you explore everything. I'm surprised you didn't mention Eternal Darkness because I thought you really loved that game. That is pure mm, love. No, bro. I did love Soul River more. Uh, Eternal Darkness, yeah, that, definitely another second place sort of game like, in the sense. That one... That game really messed you up, more or less, because you did, when you entered it the first time, you did not know what the hell was going to happen. That like was before, I was it before Metal Gear Solid? That's the first game that messed with your save files and uh, stuff. Right? Yeah, definitely after Metal Gear, because Eternal, 
Yeah, Eternal Darkness was a GameCube exclusive last time. Oh, there you go, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, if you can't find a version of that game, boys and girls, play it. It will fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. It's probably uh, the only it, is, good it doesn't game. have a life yeah. bar, it has a sanity bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. It's one of those games. It's okay. like, so imagine something like as intense as Amnesia. You know, but it's like. Sorry, it's Amnesia. Is double S, right? No. Amnesia. Amnesia okay, the, the game that said. influenced yeah. games like Amnesia and so forth. Yeah, but forth. it's like, so yeah. imagine something like that, where it's like. Uh, yeah, but every time your sanity bar goes lower, the game just changes the rules of the game. That sounds. Uh... And it came out on a Nintendo console. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, Nintendo's always been ahead and behind the times at exactly <laughs> the same time. <laughs> so in a way, they're kind of like Cthulhu, like they're kind of behind. They, our they human exist on very parallel. Yeah, you know, they exist on their own are, realm. They're basically. made of angles both acute and obtuse. Yeah. How did he fall through that pit? <laughs> Like, I remember. I remember reading that. Is like also utterly impartial to uh, our <laughs> opinions. Yes. yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The the Wii mode. Yeah, it's very tentacle monster indeed. How <laughs> ah, about you, Centric Tom? Uh, I mean, I can't really pinpoint anything. I guess maybe the first time I got something close to it would be maybe with the Mass Effect series. With uh, not even the Witcher. The Witcher. Lovecraft's all over the Witcher, sir. Uh, I haven't really played the Witcher. That's my uh, gaming confession. But no, with Mass Effect, with especially like the Reapers. Yeah, like big tentacle monsters that come from the edge of space, and they're just gonna destroy you just cause. Yeah, they're like the first gods of sorts in that universe, right? Yeah, and then they explain the third game is like, well, it's not as cool when you describe it like this. Don't explain it. Yeah, that's the the key. Don't Keep explain the why it's there or what it, where it comes it's like, from. Fear of the unknown only works when it stays unknown. unknown. Yeah. Yep. Bingo. Like you can't pull a Don Rumsfeld and say like it's a known unknown. Like no, that doesn't exist. No, that's that's garbage. Because yeah. we all. Truly agree, Darth Vader is fucking terrifying if we didn't see his teenage years. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't yeah. explain Thanks, it. Thanks, episode one. I mean, like, if you think about like the Halloween series when they explain what Michael Myers is all about or they explain why he can't be killed. Oh, come on. Don't yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Let it be something that we can't comprehend. Let our imaginations do the work. We're not yeah. that dumb. But I think like the pinnacle, like Lovecraftian, like not just like in design, but it was like no hope and also sanity would be Darkest Dungeon. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, definitely Darkest Dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> I love that game. I it's pretty it. awesome. Yeah. You no, know, I love that game. I love it a bit. Fuck that game. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the love I, and hate that's relationship. High, that's that's high praise for every roguelike, right? I, Fuck yeah. this game. <laughs> I lost one run on the second mission on easy mode. <laughs> Just because, like, oh, here's another, like, um, chance which throws, like, sanity killing uh, blood at you and then Four of those uh, bullshit high damage hitters. Fuck that game. It I love is the indifference is of the universe, eccentric Tom. We don't care about your feelings. <laughs> uh, you just gotta you, pull through and try much. again. I don't yeah. know. I mean, like, if you want to talk about video games, Half Life, pure Lovecraft. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Starcraft, pure Lovecraft. Oh yeah. You know, like the Zerg. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> what no, is no, that? No, the Zell Naga. That's already your elder god. Like when you see on. like an, even like the Overlord with this giant brain blob tentacle thing yeah. coming towards you and well, it, then shit, even Halo has it to some extent with the flood. The flood yeah, because the flood. they're cute. Uh well Gravemind isn't cute. No, Gravemind isn't cute. I agree. You know? Or, or like for you tabletop nerds, uh Warhammer, like the Chaos faction yeah, basically it's a ripoff of Lovecraft. Yeah. Like, even call it Shagoffs, come on. Even for you D&D nerds, there's an entire section yeah, the great dedicated, yeah, the one, uh, which players, don't exist right? anymore. Yeah. No, it does. It's back? Gift uh, of the uh, Great Old One, yeah. You get uh, telepathy and you can like, uh, just like charm people and turn them... I thought they phased that out after like edition 3 or 4. No, because... it's, it's, it's back in 5th. <gasps> no, no drawbacks or what? 
Oh fuck. Uh, I mean, it's the fun. It, mechanically, it's not as diverse as like like right now. Overpowered is a hexblade mm -hmm. because you could just do stupid damage and it's charisma based. So you're just like you know sad as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like D and D players will know what I mean. I know. I, I I can't wait to get back in the future. Now that you mentioned it, yeah, that could probably be a reason for me to play this again. Yeah. Yeah, but still, um, you know what? Last game fans, if you want to find yourself some Lovecraft, YouTube is an amazing resource. There's yeah. tons of uh, dramatic readings of all his works. Some are even animated. So for all of you who have uh, very short attention spans or can't pay attention to audiobooks, there's that. If for you want to read it, Kindle has it for free. Yeah, no, it has it free. you can just go to the Lovecraft archive. That website has been around forever, right? And you mm. can read all the stories there. If you're a scrub, you can buy the penguin copy. But like, <coughs> why are you? Actually, there is this. Uh, there was this collected uh, volume on Amazon that looked very gorgeous with the leather bound. The it's complete a, collection, right? The, the complete Cthulhu mythos. Yeah. Like, I want to own myself one of that because, like, especially the artwork and like the way it's just lovingly. It's like you. That's how you should read Lovecraft. I mean, I know it used to exist as like maybe a side article in at the back of some like you know fantastic science journal, right? But, but you need to give it the. Like, it the it has to be too. yeah. You you have to. It has to be this leather bound book that you put on the shelf that no one, no eyes shall ever fall on this. And <laughs> I mean, I think the kind of address the elephant in the room about like the fact that there's a lot of very latent xenophobia, and especially in the earlier works. Mm -hmm. Xenophobia you, and a lot of racism, actually. Come and think of it. From what I've heard, same, like, anyway. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, if you're, like, smart enough to want to get into it, you'll be able to, like, read it for what it is and appreciate, like, it was a, It was at the time... It's like, if you read Heart of Darkness, is it very racist? Absolutely. Is it a good novel still? Of course. Read Mark Twain. Yeah. Read Edgar Rice Burroughs. Rudyard Kipling. Like, everyone who wrote like before 2010 is problematic I think now. you know what is really annoying they were really very annoying. liberal of the n-word definitely I mean not just that <laughs> yeah. it's like, like he calls a cat that nigger man I love yeah. that I lo here's the thing it's like why are we blaming people in the 18th century for being racist huh aren't you what's wrong with you people like you can like just just read it and like just don't let it color your worldview but like if you're being colored by what someone wrote in 1920s there's something wrong with you you're easily triggered leave it alone Come like on. you're no better than the people who let the bible rule their lives yeah <laughs> everybody knows jesus was a black man yeah he was <laughs> yeah yeah the hidden scriptures to Jerusalem article, yes with feet of bronze i read the chapters but yeah uh i don't know my wish is that i want more people to like lovecraft because i think he is not i wouldn't even say underrated it's just that when it comes to horror storytellers when it comes to just people with such vivid imagination and somebody who clearly influenced so many right there I mean, really is no equal I would say nah now not even Poe has that kind of reach no 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 Poe was creepy as fuck sure the raven when, when read properly amazing but the call the of cast, Cthulhu yeah <laughs> like like that book that still sends shivers down my spine reading it just how gorgeous the language is just how his prose was and just you know like the, the cadence that you mm. have to like you know definitely read it in and it's just I don't know um, it's nice to know that it, there's things that exist that can't be taught that should never be taught and we should always just you know stand in their shadows and always just give praise where praise is due and, and so at the same time it's like I just want to be I want a true Lovecraftian film like I mean there's so many that are close 
Definitely Reanimator, definitely Evil Dead. All these films I've mentioned. Definitely Alien. Alien would probably be like, yeah, up there in, in the terms of cosmic terror. It's like the closest to Mountains of Madness that exists, I would say. No, that's the thing. The thing okay, is yeah, The thing Madness. is literally in the mountains yeah. of Arctica, in, of the Arctic. And it's like, okay, but I hope Guillermo del Toro pulls it off. I hope please, 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 please. Yeah. Even if it doesn't got, pan out, dude, and even if it doesn't pan out, at least we have all these adaptations that we can rewatch over and yeah. over. Nah. But I would love more. I would love yeah. more love. Of course, of course. <laughs> That's literally it. I just want, I just want quality horror. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? And not nothing beats the masters. And <laughs> horror, as in not jump scares, because that's cheap bullshit. As in like the stuff no, that makes that. you just not sleep at night because, like, oh my god, I am just. Not only that, but something that makes you realize your utter insignificance in the universe. Yeah. Because reading, when Lovecraft, you feel small and alone and yeah. surrounded by the darkness. That's what I love about it. You yeah. read it, you look up into the night sky, and then you realize, yeah, I'm just a dot on a dot in a galaxy in a universe of billions of other dots. Yeah. Like, what is the point of all this? <laughs> and on that note, and on that note, <laughs> I think it's time to uh, wrap this up. But it's been uh, a fun three years, boys. Yes, yeah. it has been. Thank Let's you, gentlemen, for three years. talking about yeah. shit that we like. Yeah, we should. Once. Yeah. <laughs> Now we do like most things that we talk about. Okay, and you speaking do, of do, deep, do, yes. dark, dank nihilism, we're going to talk about Comic Con, I guess. <laughs> yeah, next week we'll be talking about catching up on what's happened at SDCC. Yeah, at least then... after all the hype has died down, we can actually yeah. give more rational thoughts about it. Rational thoughts? I have a lot to say from what I saw. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, so uh, on that note, this has been Shub Shafik Groth. This has been Mr. Toffee signing out. And this has been Eccentric Tom. Sri Lanka!